Welcome to Contextless, the podcast where I don't want a lot for Christmas. There's only one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own, more than you could ever know, make my wish come true, all I want for Christmas. Is you? I don't know. I wanted to say like money or something. But okay, I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't like being dependent on anyone else other than myself. So, okay, let's leave that blank. Okay. So, yeah, I'm your host, Fernando Martinez. And now, today is the 18th of December. But every day just kind of feels the same. Because, again, I'll repeat this until normalcy returns, if and when. Just like every day feels the same. I saw a quote from an article recently where i'm paraphrasing here but it more or less said that since the pandemic started and we're living in our homes like sheltering in place and all that that we're living in an endless present like there is no future there <laughs> there is no future kind of thing like in, 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 in other words like there is no planning of plans there is like nothing to look forward to. I'm making it sound super depressed, but the way they made it sound was super like hopeful because like we're in an endless present because every day is kind of the same. Like almost every day is a new beginning in that type of way. But yeah, little existential reflection. My guest today is one of my favorite people, minds, intellectuals, baddies writers viber she has the vibes and i always whenever i'm reading something pop culture related whether it be criticism or breaking news or someone gets called out for something one of this person always comes to mind because i'm like what would this person think because nine times out of ten, I agree with everything this person says. Because we're on that wavelength. We're on that wavelength. And, and another reason why I love this person is that we both have such a low tolerance for bullshit. And we won't, like, do pleasantries. We won't do that. None of that, like, you know, half-assed smile or, like, we fake sincerity. And so I've always admired, this, admired that about this person because I just... Someone who knows their own self-worth and doesn't compromise it for anybody. I mean, what else is there more to love? A role model. Like, just all that stuff. And so I'm tired of my own voice. <laughs> so I'm going to introduce my own guest now. And please welcome to the podcast, the one and only, Karasa. Hi, my name is Karasa Demetrius Trophis. I am so happy to be on this fucking podcast. Can we swear? Yes, we can. We can swear. We can... Do all the swears, honestly. But yeah, I'm happy you're here. Uh, I've... Thank you so much for the compliments, by the way. I should just... Yeah, thank you so much. I was like, I don't even know what he's talking about. But then, little <laughs> flashbacks. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> he's right. Yeah, exactly. Right. You're welcome for the compliments, but also they're facts. Facts. <laughs> like, period. <laughs> And so, yeah, I'm happy you're here because I've, I've mentioned this to some previous guests, but like when I was formulating this podcast before I launched it, 
I had a list of people I wanted on it, and you were one of those names on that list. Because how could I not have one of the great thought people? I mean, I, I mean, if you have tissue handy, I mean, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no. But yeah, it's just a matter of time since you got here, and I'm finally happening. And I'm, I think this may or may not be true, but like this might be the last podcast episode of the year like of the year not of ever but like you know and i'm like what better way to s- with karasa yeah, let's close out 2020 with the most toxic person ever <laughs> we're staying here i don't know if you're referring to me or you but like <laughs> but this is your podcast I, that's why that making a podcast is pretty toxic if you ask me that's pretty toxic I'm joking. We out here. We're already dragging each other. Uh, and so, yeah, I just, I, we were talking about this before we started recording, but like, I, I'm on vacation off of, for the next two weeks. And I just wouldn't, what better way to start a vacation than like with Karasa? Compliments, man. Thank you so much. Exactly. Because I'm just like. I, this is my, the current job I have is like my first big boy job, right? And so I had to ask HR, I had to be like, wait, is my vacation time paid? Like, is my time off paid? And they're like, yeah. And I was just like, oh, wow. So, but then I asked my family about it and apparently some employers don't give their employees pay time off. Yeah, no, it's not, it's sometimes like only a few amount of days are paid and then the rest are like up to you it's yeah it's it's really good to have all of your days no matter how much you take off paid exactly because i'm just i feel like i was a noob asking that question but then i'm like hey there's no such thing as a dumb question they they really don't act like teach you these like things like no matter how many journalists come over and try to talk to you it you it this information doesn't stick it's like oh how'd you get there and then they're like oh we know a couple of people but they never really talk about how many fucking denials they get in job applications or how their resumes came to be like <sighs> exactly exactly because like i'm not because for me kind of like i relate to what you're saying but like i relate to what you're saying but also just like if you don't know what to like look out for, then of course you don't know what to ask about. Does that yeah. make sense? Like you, you aren't looking for jobs or anything when these people come over. And then when you're actually looking for jobs, you're like, fuck, what was that one person's name that came over freshman year to t- tell us something? Exactly. Exactly. It's all connected. It's all connected. And yeah, that's why I'm always very open about like, posting about oh like if you need resume tips or like job search help or etc i'm more than happy to help because i feel i i want to like go i want to become like a journalism professor at some point like in the future like long now like long from now and so i just feel like it's good practice but also just like i just want to help people like free of charge like it's nothing like you want my thoughts on something i'm like okay because there have been times where classmates have asked me to look over their work for class and i'm like did you message the right person i'm not i'm not tenured i'm not a tenured professor what are you doing but then the thing to me i do all that because like i want to do it but also just like journalism specifically like i wanted it's it should be accessible to all for people to do like i feel like people think 
the barrier of entry to journalism is higher than it actually is. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it definitely, like, or when, for me, it's more of, oh, you have a journalism degree, so you can write about anything. And it's like, technically, yeah, I have the ability to write about anything, just like you do. I just have a fancy paper that's like, hey, she spent four years learning about this subject. Like, I keep telling everyone a degree is a scam, but no one's listening. I'm listening with my big Dumbo ears, sis. Literally, we see, we hear each other. We see it. But yeah, on my like grad post on Instagram, I posted it when I graduated. I literally said, higher education is a scam. Because like, it is. It honestly is. Scam Joanne's a scammer, brush. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, it's a scam. But speaking of a college degree, you and I both graduated this past mm-hmm. June. I want to, should I put graduated in quotes? Do you think that would be accurate or no? Why? I don't know. Because cause we didn't like, I mean, we did graduate. I don't want to lessen it. Well, but I didn't, even, I didn't even go to the online graduation. Me neither. Which crashed, by the way. Of course it did. I did This is a SFSU like drag. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't go to it. I, I watched like the video afterwards on YouTube. But yeah, I just wanted to ask you because like, uh, we graduated the same semester, spring 2020. And so does that mean you started school fall 2016? Yes. Yeah, and so I did too. And so I rarely meet people who, like, started four that four years, right? And so I just wanted to get your thoughts, kind of like, how 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 was your attitude towards college when you first started like four years ago to like now it was definitely a lot more even though I declared journalism as a major like beginning freshman year and I never changed it never even became undecided or anything I was I didn't start getting into the journalism program really until junior really senior year and I think that if I started it like even though I took Journalism 205 introduction, I didn't, I wasn't really in the program. Mm. And I think if I started that in freshman year, I would have been a lot more, I either would have switched majors for sure, or I would have been super into journalism and not felt this huge imposter syndrome. Like, you know, it's, I spent a lot of time writing articles and everything, but somehow I read it on a job description and I'm like, oh, I can't do that. That's an impossible task versus like I'm actually writing more than the words they're requesting on a daily basis just for fun. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because one of the I, agree, I I had a similar experience with you where like I eventually I started out as a comm major, right? Communications. That was for my first two years. And then I majored in Becca, which is the broadcast department. And then I minored in journalism. And I also only got into journalism classes like junior and senior year. But I've always, uh, a tip I've been giving out, like all current journalism students, is to like look up the company's publications that they want to go to, like their websites, and just go to like the career section that each of them have and just look at the like skills required 
is or like experience required because that'll give you like an idea but at the same time these are things that like should have like been taught to us you know there's a roadmap actually that literally if it was given to us freshman year we would have been able to navigate through everything perfectly but I didn't find out about the roadmap until senior year and I don't know who said it but they're like oh you didn't get this and I was like no I didn't get this I was anxiously downloading different PDF files of what was required and highlighting them one by one every semester like I was anal about graduating since freshman year mm-hmm. like beginning of freshman year I had my fucking father and, and I didn't and mm-hmm. like that took a dark fucking turn but like that honestly switches how I see uh, how I saw things like mm-hmm. I entered freshman year and I was like, I'm doing this because I have to, right? Mm-hmm. And end of senior year, he died March and we graduated May. Mm-hmm. And that's also when the pandemic hit. And I was like, am I really going to be in school for a couple of months online? And my attitude switched into I have to do it just so he knows that I did it. Mm-hmm. So like, Though I took the original question and I made it only about journalism, my actual answer is, like, I saw it as just a fun thing freshman year versus senior year. I took it the most seriously I've ever taken it before. I actually saw a career in journalism. I actually knew my strengths. Like, I came out as a different person. Mm -hmm. Like, I can sit here and be like, I'm the best damn researcher I know. And that's, like, on my whole life. I, I research better than anyone I know. I can't say about any other things, but, like, freshman year, Carlson would not be able to do that, even though she had the same skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that comes with experience, because from the stories I remember that you wrote in your senior year, our senior year, like, last fall and the spring, I completely agree with you on that, because you did the work. And, like, again, that's just, just that, like, life experience, whether it be professional or personal, that, like, feeds you that makes you grow as a journalist because journalists this might this is gonna sound super cheesy but like our inspiration is literally in everything like our inspiration is in the conversations we have in the yeah. music we listen to and the movies we watch life in general you know what i mean our familial relationships it's literally everything like not only journalists but like writers you know and so i feel like again that's kind of like what all contributes to like how we grow as writers yeah no definitely like you know how artists just see the world and they're like oh that's a good way of painting and they paint the same thing Mm -hmm. for writers and journalists it's just a constant working brain of oh there's a bird oh it's migrating oh how do birds migrate and then that becomes a whole story or hey we're both part of immigrant families how does that affect your mental health or anything and like it becomes a story and we're not trying to always look for a story it just sometimes falls upon us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like we have the moral obligation to choose to do it or not but yeah exactly because something sometimes i struggle with at work or whenever thinking of like story ideas i always think oh there's no more uh new angles right like every angle has been covered but sis if you just keep an open mind and like actually do research there are angles like there's like 
the the well of journalism is bottomless like there's always a new angle and it's just a matter of like digging at it so i think that's one of the myths about journalism that needs to be like busted (laughs) or whatever myth busted but yeah i agree i agree and i think it was you who i had this conversation with earlier in the year or it might have been someone else but like we talked about how like we started college with the presidential election and then we ended it with like a pandemic how do we feel about that? Uh, I feel like the class of 2020 is resilient in every single way, no matter anything, any background you come from, anything, like, we are the most resilient class, and that's not to dish on, like, to say that, like, you know, people who came a year after us aren't just as resilient. It's just, for us to do make it four years and literally starting off with Mr. Orangehead, I'm... <laughs> Like, I remember the day after he got elected, and the bus, like, I, I was taking the 28R. It was the most silent bus ride I've ever seen. I was sitting next to a woman, and she was crying, and, like, everyone was in tears. I started crying, like, and I was going to state, like, it was the saddest fucking time. And then we just, we ended with an actual global virus that is killing thousands and millions of people like (laughs) i'm so proud of every single person who graduated and you know what if you didn't graduate and you needed to take like some time off i'm still proud of you you you're doing what you need to do exactly and i echo that same sentiment we're really we're very resilient like we're still out here the ones that we that are and I agree. I remember the day after the election, I, I was taking BART to state, right? It was an early morning. And again, it was dead silent. Like, no, like, silent. And no one was crying or anything. But it was like we all... I can't speak for everyone, but it was just like... It was like a collective morning. Where, like, we didn't need to say a word... It didn't matter, like, if you were expressively showing it. It was, like, it was, like, thick in the air. Like, you could feel it, like, walking on the train or wherever. So, definitely, it was... I'll never forget the way I felt that morning. I've never experienced it. Like, to me, it must have been what, like, people experienced back when JFK got assassinated, right? Or, dare I say, like, on 9-11. Or, like stuff like that and so it was like <laughs> it's one of those unprecedented unprecedented times you know people say that yeah, like no, you never think that you're gonna live through a moment of history until like you come out of it and you're like fuck that was a moment like a life-changing moment like we knew how bad he was but we didn't know how bad it could get mm-hmm. and now we're looking back and we're like fuck that's a fucking thing and like when the pandemic came out we're like oh it's just it's just the flu and then it's like killing millions of people and you don't realize you're in the middle of history until you're out of it mm-hmm. or or to this extreme you don't realize you're living history until it tries to kill you Ooh. whether it be a virus or the people you elect in the office Ooh. and that's on that 
uh, <laughs> um, yeah, pretty brazy. And like we were talking about this earlier, like via text, but like some people dead ass think it's like a it's a scam, like it's a lie. They don't, they don't believe it. They're like, I don't. <laughs> you don't have the choice to not believe it. I don't know how to properly articulate how disgusted and disappointed I am. But also, it's like, I now see how history became history. Because, like, there's people, how do you, and we can't even say natural selection anymore, because their their bad choices are affecting others. Mm -hmm. Like, someone in Singapore or Japan, I don't know where, 20 feet away, there was this one person with COVID, and because of the air systems, they got, the other person 20 feet away got COVID. And there's like a new discoverable like distance of COVID, and I'm like, great, great. Great, I'm a tell me that with my mask on, sis, and with yours on. Whoever's saying that, right? But it's definitely very much like it's something that's being debated that isn't a matter of debate. There's so many things that people feel are debatable, but are not a matter of debate. I feel like someone who like debates the virus would be like i have my first amendment right and then it's just very much that conversation of like the, uh, the <laughs> i'm gonna laugh when i say this but like the virus protesters because apparently you can protest a virus they're like you're the government is infringing on our rights and i'm like your right to live or like your right to die what are you saying there's one New York Times article that came out about the Greek Orthodox Church and how select priests even though they got COVID are still sitting there and handing out communion now the difference between American or Catholic communion and Greek Orthodox communion is like it's not the, the bread and the wine it's mm. a literal cup with wine and bread soaked in and it, they only use one spoon so everyone is taking from this one spoon and being put back in. And do you see how the prop? Yeah. So that's the main problem with this. And of course, not every single Greek agrees with this. They're like, this is stupid. But there are some priests who literally sit there and they're like, God got me. And it like, I'm not doubting God. I'm not trying to get smited. I'm just saying it's a virus, baby exactly exactly like is god gonna give you the vaccine i don't know sis i don't know sis but it's very much that thing of like people's like biases when it comes to like different authorities because it's very much that like selective listening thing where it's like people only want to listen to the people who like they agree with and so because example like they're the i want to say the republicans they're politicizing a virus they're, like you know what i mean they're making it a political matter rather than like a scientific thing where like we all make it out I, the thing is they have consistently showed that they do not believe in science like climate change being the first and single thing like they're like oh climate change not a thing when you very clearly have photographs showing the glaciers melting, 
Like, and then that that only brings more viruses and bacteria that have been frozen for thousands of years. Exactly. Exactly. It makes no sense. And for me, I'm always like cynical AF. So for me, I think the elected Republicans know it's real, but like they're paid to say otherwise. Yes. 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 I'm cynical, so yes, 100%. Yeah, it might not be like a paycheck or like a direct check, but it's like to do campaign financing, lobbying, all those stuff. And so for me, it's always like follow the money because as long as we're in a capitalist society, people will do, specifically people in power, will do whatever they can do to like maintain those positions of power. The fucked up thing, though, is that like... Even when we catch these people of power doing some fucked up shit, if people aren't ready to act, we are not getting anywhere. Like, we have literal documents of Trump and other people, you know, doing shit to children and women forcefully, and then they're like, oh, haha, they just did it. What are you talking about? What, what are you talking about? Exactly, and if you were to like ex- ask them to explain it, they probably couldn't make like a coherent like argument because it's just very much it's like emotion based, you know, and like legislation should not be like emotionally based to some extent, you know, it should be rooted in like fact. But again, what is fact anymore, right? There's the truth, and then the truths, right? And so it's just crazy. Everything just. I don't know, I can't expect a country that was never built on fairness to all of a sudden be fair. And I just want to say that just because Joe Biden has a diverse cabinet doesn't mean that they're all for the betterment of people. And I don't know for sure anyone's name. I'm not that updated on things. Mm. But, like, we have to stop believing that just because people of color are in power, everything's done. Like, no, we still have to work for things. Like, white people still voted for Trump. White women, I don't know, the 54%, 48% of white women still mm. voted for Trump? Despite him raping and taking away children and doing all of this, and you're pro-life? You're pro-life and you're letting him do these things? <sighs> exactly. It's like hip- I'm not the one to talk about politics. I really don't like talking about politics, but that fucking pisses me off. Exactly. It's like shameless hypocrisy, you know, very much that turning of the blind eye just so they can reap the benefits and whatnot. And like, I agree with what you're saying. Like, how can I expect this country to do right if it's like wasn't based in fairness at the beginning? And for me, it's like my expectations of this country are always low, but yet it always finds a way to like lower the bar and like disappoint me. So I agree with you on that. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I just don't understand how we're still in this mindset of like in in action. Like like where's the outrage? You know what I mean? Cause, but again, I feel like we're inundated with so much news on every day that people get numb to it. But I feel like it's important to like still know what's going on as much as we can, you know? No, it's definitely hard for, number one, people get desensitized all the time because of, like, 
the news because of just their everyday lives. You don't even have to see it on the news. It can happen to you on your, like, any day. Um, I'm just, like, a lot of people are like, I don't know where to start. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, just do some research. Like, write your own essay about a topic. And that's not saying, like, oh, you did the work, but at least you did something. Then sit there and, you know, like, you don't have to also broadcast everything that you do. You don't have to sit there and be like, look, I learned how to do this. It's okay. Just keep it to yourself. Yeah, I'd say, as cheesy as it sounds, like, the first step into learning, it's just, like, just the care. Like, just do a quick search online. Or just, like, care. You know, it's as simple as that. And so, is this thing... Like, no one... Like, no one's expecting someone who isn't familiar on this to, like, solve the issue at hand, right? But it's just, like, just inform yourself. Educate yeah. yourself. Address your own problems. Address wh- why you think a certain way when you see a homeless person. Or mm-hmm. when you see a person of color. Mm-hmm. Or a disabled person. Mm-hmm. Like, ableism is a thing and not a lot of us, like, understand it. Mm-hmm. I certainly, I'm not the person to be talking about a lot of these subjects because I am not educated about these things. And I never, a lot of people mistake it as, like, like I'm the expert in something, whereas I see myself as I'm always going to be learning. There is not one subject I'm going to be like, yeah, I know this shit. I will constantly be, uh, constantly be learning, and I will get things wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so scared when this podcast airs, I'm going to listen back and I'm going to be like, you dumb bitch. But, like, I'm trying. <laughs> exactly. And, like, I, I so, I very much agree with what you're saying, because I'm the same type of person where, like, I'm always learning. Like, I'll never assume I know everything about a subject. And for me, that's kind of what keeps me going is like my curiosity and my eagerness to learn because there is so much, like I will never not be learning as you said, pretty much. And so for me, that's that's important, not only for like writers and journalists to realize, but just like anyone who's alive, like just never assume you're the total authority on something because there's always going to be more for you to learn. Exactly. And for me, another, there's going to be a segue, but like one of the, we're talking about educating people. And so, I think you're aware with, like, what's going on with Lizzo yes. right now. And so, for me, I when I saw that, that, that go on on social media, I was like, cross out, ding, 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 ding. Like, we need to, like, meld our minds together. So, for our listeners who aren't familiar with what's going on with Lizzo, would you care to enlighten them on, like, what's going on? posted two reels on her Instagram um, basically saying that she went on a smoothie detox for 10 days and um, did, posted before and after pictures but not, I wouldn't really say that like day 1, day 10 she was just smiling and day 10 looked completely the same and um, mostly white people not even a gendered white people a collective of whites came together and said, I am so disappointed in Lizzo. 
went under the comments and was like, hey, babe, um, this isn't healthy, just so you know. Um, all of this. And then suddenly all fat creators, all fat people had to comment on it because all the skinny people, all the white people were like, hey, how do you feel about this? And no matter how you feel about diets, no matter how you feel about detoxes, no matter how you feel about anything, this is Lizzo's life. And she is a fat black woman. She never signed up to be our body positivity icon or a fat legend. She was living her life as a fucking fat woman. And all of a sudden, white people felt the need to make her this fucking queen that they can look up to. And all of a sudden, she does something that makes her happy. And there is a riot. Mm. And, like, I knew I knew people were going to comment on this. I saw a white doctor a white male doctor say, I am so disappointed in Lizzo. And then obviously when a lot of black women were like, hey, fuck y'all for ever putting this black woman on a pedestal. Like, what are you doing? He replied back and he was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say disappointed. I was just shocked. Dude, like, even if she did sign a fucking waiver, even if someone signed a fucking waiver is like, I'm going to be your body positivity icon. Just because they do something does not mean you have to do it. Like, that's what I don't get about this whole thing is everyone was like, oh my God, did you see what she posted? Did you see what you posted? Which in my mind translates to, you know how bad diets are. Mm. You know about the diet culture. So you don't need someone else who is fat to affirm your what we've been teaching you this whole time. Mm. Like, and also it's like, she literally explained, like, I ate shit. I ate shit and I felt like shit and so I just wanted to eat some smoothies and I still ate. And somehow she had to make this whole entire thing and she still felt the need to like post things, which like by all means do what you need to do, but like the reaction from white people was not needed. That was the biggest rant of my life. You didn't even have to ask me any questions. There you go. Yeah, exactly, cuz you know what it is and like I'm still asked questions though. Or, like, not questions, but, like, just chime in. But, like, for, it's just... And it's it's in these types of discourses, whether they'd be about weight, race, gender, or etc. It's always, like, the emboldened white voice that kind of, like, like causes that discourse. You know what I mean? And it's, like, it's this thing where, like... How do I phrase this? Like white white people don't want to be white. No. Like they would use any historically marginalized identity to like absolve themselves of their whiteness. Whether it be their weight, gender, sexuality, etc. Like, just because you're part of a marginalized community, does that not I mean you are on the same, like, experience as other people with different uh, gender, race, etc.? Does that make sense? There are different intersections to people. Everyone has a different intersection. I am white, but I am also fat, and I am also Greek, and I am also a child of an immigrant. Like... Not every fat Greek uh, white female can say the same thing. 
like you know some people can just be born in the United States my family immigrated here and then I was born here like there are different intersections to life and though you can see the marginalization or the oppression from one group okay you can still be oppressed and be the oppressor I don't know where I don't know where I got that from I need to fucking find it because I want to I want to actually source that person um but you can be the oppressor you can still be oppressed and be the oppressor exactly exactly and I'm grateful you said it twice because I was about to ask you to say it again and that reminds me of like the conversation we were having earlier and you referenced like Joe Biden's like administration and just because it's quote-unquote diverse doesn't mean it's still as progressive as it seems and for me, that reminded me of this uh, quote I saw online somewhere where it said, uh, it said, quote, diversifying the ruling class is in progress. Yeah. And it's just, like, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to speak upon Kamala Harris or what she's done or anything. Like, I do not have the facts. And yeah. I really like to speak with facts. Mm. And I don't have sources. I don't have anything. Mm. But. Just because she is female and black doesn't mean that she can't oppress another group. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And that, re and then going back to the Lizzo conversation, it just reminds me of how like, because you mentioned how that uh, fat uh, the fat people were saying that oh because she gave into diet culture, that somehow according to their arguments like did away all that work of like body positivity and body affirmation where in fact this one individual's actions not only didn't put like put back the work of body positivity not only did it not do that but it also didn't affect your life enough for you to like scold her on social media yeah no it's just like i get it it was very like jarring like when i first saw it like i was like what what's happening i read all of the comments i saw everything i didn't react though i knew from the beginning it was not my place to sit here and criticize a woman who again never said i will be your icon mm. she just was singing and explaining her experiences and somehow we're waiting for her to just be this perfect person she is human mm -hmm. like <laughs> i don't know it's just <laughs> people expect so much out of one human being yeah and to the point where like they don't know how to respect boundaries or or to draw the line and like that line keeps getting pushed and pushed just for their own validation their own like comfortability for themselves you know and that uh you you mentioned how like she's she didn't sign up to be anyone's icon and whatnot and also there's been this side of the argument where people are like no one like no one should be commenting on lizzo's body who yeah. isn't lizzo and i 100 percent agree point blank period and for me i kind of interpreted the, that in a way where i was like should i ask cross about it because then if i bring her if i bring it up to cross that wouldn't we be commenting on her body but i think we're commenting on the discourse of her body which yeah. i think is different we're not like putting up or down what she's doing or what her body is 
so I feel like again that's how like these things with social media work today yeah no there like there definitely needs to be a lot more focus on the fact of like diet culture and the fact that you are expecting a black woman to do all of your work and expecting fat people to do all of your unlearning about fat phobia and body love and maybe talk about the body positivity movement and how it was started by black women and meant for marginalized bodies and not for thin white bodies like there's a lot of other things we can talk about that could go from Lizzo to actually all of these other things but people aren't comfortable with these other things they are they find it much more easier to sit here and judge a black woman exactly and for me the most wild thing about this is that this was not and will not be the first like discourse we will have about Lizzo's body you know and I would extend that to just like black women in general you know what I mean and so I just, we live in a society. <laughs> we live in a society, bruh. I mean, I would just like to mention, Adele was fat, and now she is beyond skinny, which, whatever you want to say about that, the change was dramatic. However, I still have not heard shit about her past the first time she posted, like, a really thin picture. But I already can see that just because Lizzo is black, they're going to drag it on forever. Where is the same energy for any white woman exactly exactly and and that uh is about what you mentioned about the intersections that people's identities have where these things not only define the person as they are right and uh help them express who they are but also defines how the world sees them based on like dated stereotypes uh personal projections and stuff and so once all those things compound on each other that's what leads to this like unfair unbalanced uh mistreatment you know also i would just like to add like even though i'm saying like where's the discourse on white women's bodies i just there shouldn't be a discourse on anyone's bodies male female cisgender or not like it does not matter who the fuck you are we should just not be talking about your body and like what it looks like it's so damaging to have grown up with some like magazines that focus in on this obviously normal looking stomach of a woman but they overshoot it they overblow it and they make it this huge problem gain 13 pounds she just had a baby yeah exactly she just had a baby and for me i agree with you because that's because what you just said, like, it's like the overarching, like, solution to this. Like, we shouldn't be commenting, much less judging about anything. But I feel like, because of how we're conditioned in the society, whether it be through media or, like, our own biases, we don't, the majority of people don't even consider that an option. Oh, yeah, no. People's minds would absolutely combust if they were like, I can't, I can't comment on someone else's body. How am I going to project? I, And then they combust. Exactly. And for me, that reminds me of the logic behind uh, abolishment of the police and of, like, even uh, uh, transhood, you know? These, uh, identi- these ideas that were kind of, like, broken the binary, 
you know? Because with abolishment, people think, oh, police or no police, right? But then they also, there's also defunding the police. And then with the trans identity, it's like we're so used to like male, female, and even like non-binary folks, right? They, there's, are the, like, they, there's like a, th- there's like a third non-shitty option and more uh, non-shitty options than like the two choices, choice, two choices we've always been made to think we only have, you know? discourse about gender and identity and everything but I think personally the biggest like teaching moment for me to see how conditioned my mind was with like male and female was when I was watching anime and all of the men have really long hair and all of the women just have shorter hair and to me that was the biggest mind fuck because to me women have long hair and men have short hair and then, like, that showed me how fucked my mind was with this, like, two-gender thing. Like, you know, it's just, like, I don't know. That was a huge teachable moment, like, self-teachable, like, fuck. Exactly, exactly. And it's, like, moments like those that, like, break down our understandings of the world and, like, create new ones, you know? It's kind of, like, w- those moments, like, that literally crack open our minds and like enlighten us because i think one of I, i've been seeing this quote uh around social media where it's something along the lines of like oh like the oppressor wants you to be pessimistic they want you to not have hope because then they'll continue to like do what they do to like maintain power and for me that has a lot to do with our imaginations you know we have to imagine a better world we have to imagine a world where the systems in place aren't negatively affecting the marginalized communities that they are, you know? But some of us are so inundated with, like, the binaries that we've been had, have been shown in our lives that we, like, forget to, like, that it's a possibility to imagine a better world, you know? Yeah. Bruh. I can't. I can't even yeah, I'm just like, did I smoke something? But no. I feel like I did, but I didn't. Okay. And so my next question is kind of just kind of like a little like culture roundup. Like if like what have you been like watching, listening, anything? Um been rewatching The Office cuz your girl has been depressed and familiarity and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um I love the I love the dinner party episode. I love honestly it's so i didn't understand it in the beginning i didn't like i heard the jokes that i now understand are jokes but like just the vulgarness of what was happening i was like fuck mm-hmm. what is this i hate this and then like i came back to it like watched season five and not the first one i was like i got this mm-hmm. i understand mm-hmm. um been watching a lot of among us play a gameplay um Oh, yeah, I started playing that after I saw AOC play it. I was like, what is this? And it's really, it's so much fun. Like, I've gotten into, like, fights within my friend groups about it. And I'm just like, bruh, it's just a game. But at the same time, it's fun. It's really fun. I like it. Because I like lying to people. I like being given permission to lie to people. Ooh, the toxicity. <laughs> but only for fun. Yeah. it man i 
don't even my mind is so blown out like i don't even know what i do every day it's just honestly same it's just like a blur for me sometimes yeah. but quick question about the office uh you finished it before right yeah okay what are your thoughts on nelly Do you know who she Hold is? On. Oh, she's the British character. The woman? The... I gotta, I gotta, I gotta see a face. Nelly, she's the one who, like... Don't, don't, don't say it more, and then I understand it. Oh. Oh. I... I thought she had her moments. She had moments. I just didn't want to be the person to be like, I like the original cast, but, like, I honestly, it's really the main cast, like, I also don't want to be the person to, like, Jim and Pam, but, like... Bruh, it, it was perfection. Perfection. I'm one of those people who's, like, people are still letting the office be their personality, like, what the fuck? But at the same time, but it's a perfect show. For me, it's literally a perfect show. Like, the f main cast, perfect casting... The plot development, the relationship development, uh, like amazing, like excellent TV. I, I sometimes rewatch the episodes and I'm like I forget small things, and most of them are Dwight. Like what he just the most absolute craziest shit, and all of a sudden I'm like laughing like hysterically, mm -hmm. even though I've seen it twenty times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cause like it it'll be like a facial expression. Or like a brief body movement, or like a like minuscule eye look of the eye, like literally anything, and it's so funny. I agree. I've rewatched that show like twice. I want to say, and it was very fun. It was great. It was very great. It is so good. And so my next question is, it's kind of like you're you're familiar. We have our pop off segment, right? But that's like later still. And so my next question is like, what's something in the culture of today that you think more people need to be like educated about? Like we spoke about body, body, body positivity and like the Lizzo discourse earlier, but like what's something where you feel like not enough people truly understand the nuance of this issue? like there's a lot of unpopular opinions i have um one of which just because it's like such a popular thing mm -hmm. greek fraternities and sororities mm -hmm. just it, there's i'm not gonna say anything about what y'all do or anything i just personally have gone through a lot of fraternities and sororities and what they donate to mm -hmm. And they do not donate a cent to Greek people or Greece or anything. And it's like, not like Greece needs their, I mean, they do need their help. But like, I'm just saying, if you're going to use the word Greek and associate Greece to it, just, I don't know, donate. Yeah, it's like it's logical. I don't know, like, I, I literally, when I saw Greek life on SFSU's page, I'm like, oh my god, yay, Greek club. And it was this bullshit white people or not even just white people anymore, just anyone screaming out random 
Greek letters mm. as if it's gonna make sense. It doesn't make sense. Exactly, exactly. And I read didn't you write something about that? I know that yeah, I wrote the whole opinion article about it. Um I, I called it cultural appropriation. A lot of people like Greek people were like, thank you so much for talking about this. I felt the same way. Other Greek people are like, this is stupid. I'm a part of one and whatever. And I'm like, a lot of Greek people in my family in Greece, they, they're not even my family. I asked them, you know, because I talked to people in Greece. And they're like, no, I don't understand that. Like, it, and I, I researched the history. It did not start with Greeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of my, one of my like, catchphrases that I always catch myself saying is just like two things can be true at the same time you know like those two stand, uh, perspectives of the conversation but yeah is that is that opinion article still up yeah I'm gonna I'm a link it in the episode description so people can go read it but yeah where do you stand but are you saying that like they should Greek uh, fraternities and stories shouldn't be a thing or like what are you saying I, I, So every time people search for fraternities and sororities, it doesn't get associated with the word Greek. Because all you are doing is just taking the letters. You're not learning anything Greek. You're not understanding anything about the culture. You're just taking the letters. Mm-hmm. So make it fraternities and sororities life, um, frat life, soror life. Um, or any of the proceeds you do, at least donate some small sum to a Greek, I don't know, like, start fund for a greek club at sf state there's no greek club mm. like for education for anything or, or don't donate it to the modern greek uh studies at sfsu like the, the whole department went down like for a whole semester or maybe a whole year because no one was taking greek classes but everyone was learning how to mispronounce greek like letters mm. it's not connecting it's not connecting and for me people I feel like, from what I understand of the issue, it's just people just see it as a name and don't, literally don't acknowledge the humanity and culture behind it. Because to them, it's just a name. Yeah, no, a lot of them are just like, I don't know, I don't know why it matters. We don't do anything Greek. We're not appropriating the culture. We're just using the name. And I'm like, that's literally the problem. Like, what Mm. if I just started a whole other club based on someone else's, like, language? Like, literally a random language, a led, random three letters, and that's a club. Like, do you see the problem with that? And I don't do anything about the culture? There's a problem with that. Exactly. And I think this problem is so severe that I hate to say it, but probably when someone think of, like, when, when someone probably thinks of, like, Greek fraternities or sororities, they probably don't even think of Greece. No, I think like, it's gotten that bad, yeah. Like, I really don't want them to be like, oh, Greek greek life equals greeks no by no means because like no greeks sit here and start calling out random letters to associate with the club that's not what's happening in greece Mm -hmm. uh racism's happening in greece but that's for a later topic um (laughs) um but no like just i don't know how to like properly start or end my argument about this Mm. it's just something i always throw up in the air and I always want to see how people feel about it. It doesn't, I don't, I'm not expecting a 
yeah, this is right, or yeah, this is wrong, yeah. but, like, I want to see what, like, am I right in some sense that this is happening, and that this isn't okay, and just call it sorority life, because, I don't know. Exactly, it's one of those conversations where, like, it's ever-evolving, it just always continues, and so I understand what you're saying, and, like, um... Are you familiar with this one writer? Her name is Gia Tolentino. She's a staff writer at The New Yorker. And last year, she released uh, her first uh, book of essays. And in one of those essays, she touched on about uh, the fraternity sorority culture. And basically, what she boiled it down to was how, like, it's basically just, like, a system that like is a front just to have like debaucherous fun you know like parties you know like the allocating of funds all that stuff like the it also fronts like you know as we all know like toxic masculinity rape culture misogyny homophobia racism classism all those you know And so she was basically saying, like, it's a front, like, what are y'all doing? But at the same time, I think it just goes back to, like, what I said earlier about this, where it's, like, people don't see the humanity and culture behind the Greek part, right? And I don't think they, I don't think part, I think part of the reason why some of them don't see it or some of them don't see it at all is because they have prioritized, like, their enjoyment, like, the fun they're going to have over like that no it all stems back to this whole entire thing of like even though you know something is bad unless you are ready to take action nothing is going to change just because you know police are bad and you don't act on it nothing's going to change like it, it all connects back to this main issue of like oh why isn't anything changing because though you see the problem you are not ready to change your mindset how you act like nothing like, white women lied to everyone. Oh, my God, we totally understand your problems and still voted for Trump. Exactly. Like, a bitch, like, hand me your copy of White Fragility so I can shove it back in your fucking face, bruh. Because it's so it's so performative activ- activism. And, bruh, that's a whole other episode. But, like, if you want to touch on it, performative activism will be, it annoys me so much. Like, people really posted a black square on their Instagrams in June and were like, I'm, I did something. I'm like, you you literally waited until there was a way for you to say nothing to say something. And you want and was, a cookie for it? No. It, you, it, you took the chance to do something to say nothing and make it look like you did something. Like... I'm not gonna lie, like, when people were starting to call out white people for starting to, like, you know, call out, like, I, my whiteness was like, oh, wait, is it me? And I'm like, no, you've been talking about this since way before this. And, like, a lot of white people who post the black square do not post anything else. And, like, I'm not gonna lie, my page is mostly for fat people. But I still try to make sure that I get all the intersections of fatness. Mm-hmm. Like, I still try to talk about the marginalization of fat black women. Because, like, unless the most marginalized people are freed from all of the things that oppress them, no one else is free. Like, I don't think people understand that. 
Like, just because one intersection is free does not mean that the rest of them are free. Exactly. I don't know. I think maybe because we had, like, this cultural diversity class, we understood intersections and stuff, but maybe that should be something that's, like, talked about, like, intersections of life. Exactly, because some people just aren't don't have the self-awareness to like look out for your neighbor you know as cheesy as that sounds but like it reminds me of like the whole like uh some people will say oh black lives matter means all black lives because there are people who are like black lives matter but like are homophobic or are transphobic you know and so it's very much that acknowledging of the uh intersections of everything but also acknowledging as you said no one is free until everyone is free. And again, it's always putting that foot forward. Because as you said, people are just going to like... Talking about it is one thing, right? But things won't change unless they actually do something about it. And it's this thing where it's like there are people who struggle with even like discussing it, you know? So for them to think of like the next step being action, it's like to them, it's like virtually impossible but at the same time there are there i i'm confident that with like our generation there are going to be more people who are showing up like who are doing the action like i'm hopeful in spite of everything yeah also i would just like to say like even if you don't formally go like you don't feel comfortable going out to a protest that doesn't mean that you're like like oh fuck it I just won't do anything in life like you can still like do other things you can still volunteer you can still like literally do other things just because you can't do this one thing like I think that's a form of like I saw someone say something about like ableism where it's like disabled people some of them can't go out and protest maybe they're immunocompromised maybe they can't go doesn't mean that they're Activism isn't just as important. It just means that it looks different for other people. Mm-hmm. And like, find your way of showing your activism, showing your support, consistently showing your support. You know, and always be open to learning. Always. Always, always be open to learning. And that re- it's just this whole thing. I don't. I think social media has something to do with it. Where it's like we're always comparing ourselves to other our bodies our income our like homes even if we're lucky enough to have homes and then even now now including our activism because we're like oh am i doing enough i should be doing more but then it's like you need to acknowledge your capabilities your availability availability and like your resources because people forget time is a resource people forget that and so people need to acknowledge that like you don't need to compare yourself to others that you should, you should only try your best to contribute in the ways that you can you know it's not a race it's not a competition yeah. you know it's not the oppression olympics you know like what the fuck god that's another thing like just again everyone has different intersections you don't have to sit here and compare how oppressed you are just understand uh, everyone has different traumas and we're getting through it together like there's this 
constant competition even with your oppression that's like crazy to me it's like you want to be so oppressed but for what mm. i don't get it me neither me neither me neither and some people way too much about race for a white <laughs> <laughs> but like you're 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 part of the conversation you're atoning for your ancestors i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. You probably, I mean, I don't know. Exactly, but like. I'm so, I'm at the ancestry.com. I'm trying to find out what part of white I am. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Let me know the results. <laughs> Episode two, part two. Come on, I'll do mine too. But yeah, I got I got some Spanish in me, you know, some colonizer in me, I think. <laughs> I think, right? Yeah, I think so, because from Mexico. Yeah, but definitely, definitely. So next segment, we're, we made it to Pop Off, where for first time listeners, if you aren't aware, Pop Off is the segment of this podcast where a guest and I will individually go off on anything in the culture. It could be like a trend that annoys us. It could be a cause that we think needs to be more acknowledged, or it could be like someone we just find annoying, a personality trait or anything, anything. Literally, it's a free grab for all. And so, Karasa, I'm going to ask you, are you ready? Do you know what you're going to pop off on? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. There's so many things that are buzzing through my mind. I need you to go first. No, but I can't think of one, though. I don't have one at the moment. I'm thinking, though. I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, okay, I think I have one. I have one. I have one. Okay, for me, okay, I'm going to, um, what's, I'm going to prelude my pop-off. I'm going to give it, like, a little context. Okay. Mine's just about, like, Okay, I'm not gonna say it. We just we should just jump into it. Okay, I'm just being chicken shit. Okay, I'm gonna just jump into it. Okay, pop off. I don't know how to phrase this. Pop off on people who are dating another person and are like insecure and don't know when to like chill out or listen out. I don't know how to phrase this because I'm talking about. Like people, like I'm popping off. off. Okay, I had this uh, conversation with a friend the other day where it's like people will be, di- I'm not talking about my experience, but like, I'm, I, but someone, like people, I have friends who will be talking to someone, right? Like dating, and then they'll be like bitching out because that person isn't giving them attention every single day. And I'm just like, sis, we're humans, you know? Like, we each have busy lives. And for me, that's something I've struggled with personally because I'm like, give me attention. Like, ooh, ooh, right? But at the same time, it's just like, we're all human beings. And for me, it's just kind of like the audacity to like demand someone else's time when they haven't been mistreating you. That's the thing that gets me is that they're not mistreating you, that they're literally just saying the like, hey, I have a job or like I have responsibilities. And for me, it's just those people who like constantly make themselves the victim when in fact that there's literally logistical things in the way to them. And I'm not shading anybody, but this is something I've seen on social media where I'm just like, sis, every day isn't going to be a movie. Like every day isn't a rom-com. Like every day isn't... Every day isn't a movie, baby. No, but I think that's the title of the episode. Every day isn't a movie. But I think it's like just this idea of like 
the idealizations we have based on like show, um, media we watch and stuff where people just really don't acknowledge like the rudeness of it all you know the inconsideration of it like it's like they're prioritizing their validation over someone else's like life needs or like strengths and for me it's just it's so unattractive and so to be like oh to be like vocal about that on social media and still be like think you're in the right like oh does that make sense yeah no it's like find something to do with your like i understand that you might need the reassurance i'm the type of person that needs the reassurance and needs the like hey just making sure you don't hate me but like I same have this, that's a moon yeah i have this like understanding with like a couple of my best friends where it's like hey i'm either just gonna tell you i'm feeling shitty and i'm not gonna reply to you for like a week and that's just because of my depression or you know that i read your message and i'm gonna get back to it at some time when i can like i feel like that it shouldn't be the like literal bare minimum but somehow that's like a a trait that's so hard to find in people where it's like hey i understand you're going through a hard time take the time you need come back to me whenever you want to and mm. like just because you guys are in a relationship doesn't mean that there needs to be a 24 7 like what are you doing like can i hold you 24 7 like i get it that might be someone's love language but you need to understand that's not everyone's love language mm-hmm Mm-hmm. exactly and for me i love how you brought in the other types of relationship like with friends best friends and stuff because for me it goes uh i should like that's a good point to acknowledge because for me like it goes beyond it's not only exclusive to romantic relationships the thing is it's just like i don't know i think it's because not to get super the- like theoretical right now but we're living in a society where like we want immediate gratification like immediate satisfaction so when someone directly denies us of that, of course, some of us are going to take it personally, right? But I've, I used to be that way. And I think I've, like, learned better and, like, improved on that as uh, a significant amount. But at the same time, there's always that, like, tiny voice inside that's, like, they hate you, bitch. They're never going to talk to you again. But at the same time, I've learned to, like, talk myself out of it. Breathing helps, like, deep breaths. And as you said, just find something else to do. Like, and for me when i the few times i do get into that mood with like friends and stuff i literally just like close my eyes and i think to myself i'm like they love me they haven't and then this is what really helps me i don't there is no problem between us until they tell me directly there is one and it's just like we fabricate these like fake scenarios in our head where like we get super paranoid and like create these plot lines that aren't even based in reality, you know? Yeah. Um. Something that calms me down is actually your anxieties are not your realities. So like my anxieties of no one loving me, of me being alone, and it's like it's not my reality. I have my family. I have my health. I have a house. I'm so grateful for everything, and I need to just stop thinking the worst just because I don't have everything I want mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like my best friends are gonna be there for me no matter what I look like no matter what I feel like like I don't know like anxieties are not your realities exactly 
That reminds me of something. Have you? Do you watch Big Mouth on Netflix? Did you watch the latest season? No. Okay, I think what I'm gonna say is a spoiler, but like I'm not gonna say it though. I'm gonna. But you know how in the earlier seasons, there's the depression cat. Yes. That's what reminds me. The shame wizard. And exactly, and there's this new character. This isn't a spoiler, but like there's a new character in the new season where it's like an anxiety mosquito. And so like we're talking about anxiety and depression, and so that's what it reminded me of. It's a really good season. But yeah, it's just exactly what you're saying. We have to acknowledge our realities instead of our anxieties and just say everything that we're grateful for, that we do have, you know? Just gratefulness is the key, sis. So that was my pop off, which I still get pissed about whenever I see someone like being ungrateful and stuff. But like, do you know what you're gonna pop off on? Um. You can you can like do more than one if you feel inclined to do so. Like you can yeah. I hmm, popping off on best friend significant others who do not like me. Um, touchy subject. Yes, we know. However, and I'm so sorry if you're listening, I love you, but, um, I don't like the pure fact that some people don't like me because I am my best friend's best friend because of my gender. Like, I, I just, I do not like the fact that you assume that I want to be with your significant other or that I just don't have anything else better to do with my life than be with a man. Mm-hmm. I There are so many more things I could be doing with my life than associating myself with a man. It's absolutely disgusting. Highly do not recommend. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> fuck men. I don't know who needs to hear it. Fuck men. You do not need that man. He is literally a fucking headache. I do not know him, but dump him right now. It's not worth it. Exactly. And like, pure. But it's this thing of like, self-respect. Like if someone's treating you like shit, what are you doing? And what you said, it was like your best friend's best friend or something of the sort. And again, it's that getting caught up, like you're just chilling in life, right? But then someone comes along and like projects on you their insecurities. And you're like, I didn't ask for this. I didn't order this from Amazon. What is this? Like, I have, a, like, so many other best friends with so many other significant others that love me, that we have, like, each other's phone numbers and literally have our own different, like, interests with each other. But somehow, I am... Some people just don't like me, and that's okay. And, like, I don't need someone else's approval. I don't. Um, I am just blessing myself and, like, no evil energies no like negative vibes please like it's just it's a waste of everyone else's energy it's a waste of my energy that i have to like pray it away like just leave it alone you don't like me you don't like me i don't have an opinion about you exactly that this reminds me of this it's one of my favorite quotes of all time when i first heard it my jaw fell to the ground and each time i say it my mind implodes on itself because of how awesome it is. Like, had I known this quote growing up, I'd be, like, at Harvard right now 
married like a manager of a hedge fund or something <laughs> but since i didn't learn it back then oh well here i am okay but here's the quote how someone else feels about you is none of your business like it's not gonna help you if i'm like if you know that i don't like you it's not gonna help you it's not gonna help me if i know that you don't like me like all all that does is put a little mosquito of anxiety on you and make you think that oh what did i do to make her not like me what did they do to me like it's not it helps no one like i get it there's there cannot be a world full of positivity there has to be some negative mm-hmm. balance i'm very i'm very realistic about that so like by no means and i'm saying oh i'm perfect please like me hate me if you want to just there's no need for negativity towards me just i'm sorry for how i made you feel i'm sorry for anything i said but like leave it alone it's not going to help you it's not going to help me if we keep arguing about something exactly and to like constantly be persistent on it and like perpetuating it it's just like a waste of time because like at the end of the day like words are just words you know they only give they only have uh power if like you give them power as cheesy as that sounds but that's a valid point completely literally it reminds me of like all my aunts whenever they all like gossip about each other i'm like sis literally why do you guys do this it's like they're just not i don't know your aunts like that but like (laughs) people are just so unhappy with their own lives and they don't know how to address it within themselves that they'll just address other it's easier to see someone else's problems than your own exactly like you can self-critique yourself really hard and no one else will self-critique yourself as much as you do it but no one like you're just projecting so hard like i do it too Mm. i do it too so i'm not i'm not innocent i i self-project too or i project too Mm. but it does not help anyone it doesn't especially not yourself the person doing it because i still do it sometimes today but then again i've been i've I've, i've trained myself like a dog or something to like know to recognize it when i do do it and to like immediately like work it back or like yeah. or like talk myself out of it because it is a slippery slope it can be a slippery slope yeah it's like it's really hard to address like for myself what made me angry but like because i'm so angry i can sit here and be mean to everyone else and not care how anyone else feels when in reality that's a fucked up thing to do mm-hmm exactly exactly it's easier said than done but when it is done you have to do it like to your fullest extent yeah do you have anything were you gonna pop up anything else or is that it that was very good i mean it's good as is but i was just wondering i don't want to deprive my audience of more crossa uh just the evil eye thing is another thing for me it's like a cultural thing and a lot of people are just doing it wearing it just because it looks cool and doesn't like you don't know the actual culture behind it like Mm -hmm. i'm not claiming it's greek i'm not claiming it's one specific culture there are a lot of cultures that use the evil eye but like know the culture know the history behind it Mm -hmm. like there's no need for you to be 
like it's the same as wearing like a tattoo of like a deity that's not your religion like has anyone really thought about how fucking (laughs) disgusting it is that people get like buddha on them or like any any deity at all like, mm. even even if it's not an actual deity, and I'm not going to sit here and fucking discuss religion and spirituality mm. with anyone, but as some type of cultural people, some type of group of people believed at one point in that deity or still believe in that deity, what are you doing and putting it on your skin just because it looks cool? Mm. For the aesthetic. Like, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sitting here and saying I'm the ruler of all fucking tattoos i have no tattoos i have i'm a white okay very fucking clear i'm a white Mm -hmm. but it still irritates me on some level like random tattoos in different languages that you don't know like why do you need an arabic or chinese tattoo when you can just get one in maybe french or german i don't and again why don't you just get a tattoo in this language that you fucking speak Ooh, that's a fucking hot opinion. Just put the language or the thing you want to say in English or whatever language you speak. You don't need to fucking sit here and put someone else's language on your skin. Even exactly. if you put another white language, it's it's not your language. <laughs> yeah, I think part of the reason why people do it in their non-native language is because like it's less exotic that way. And you know what? That's a whole other shit. Where like, you that people just exoticize like, quote unquote, foreign countries and stuff. Literally anything outside of the United States is like foreign. I don't, I don't understand that. Like, I, I, I understand the concept, but like, you're not sitting here and calling Canadians foreign. You're sitting here and calling any brown or across the fucking like brown black and anyone else who doesn't fit your skin color foreign like yeah i saw a tiktok about someone who was puerto rican coming into school and they're like oh my god how are you staying here on visa and they didn't know puerto rico was like right and then she was like it's part of the united states and then mm. she's like, not the colonizers don't know, not knowing that they colonized. They have so much land, they can't keep track of it, sis. And the oh, thing yeah. is, people don't acknowledge, like white people specifically, some white people don't acknowledge that they themselves and their ancestors were foreigners. Yeah. yeah. But then, like, there's this argument that I would like to have. Aha, there's my coffee off. Um, of, like, just because you take ancestry, okay, and I'm the one taking ancestry, mm. but I'm taking more of, I know I am three parts of a major, like, different groups. I just want to know actually how much is my DNA from said things, you know, because we immigrated all over the fucking Europe. Mm. And no one's keeping track. But, like, when people are like, oh, I'm 1.4% Greek, that doesn't make you automatically Greek. That doesn't, like, I won't sit here and claim you as a fellow Greek. I'm sorry. I know that's very rude to some people. Mm. I'm so sorry. I don't want to do percentages of blood or anything. I'm not, again, I am not the fucking dictator of anyone's life. 
But just because you found out you are some culture does not mean that you can claim this culture and speak as if you are a part of this culture. Mm-hmm. You are from America. Your fucking great, 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 great is from the United States. And someone way back in fucking 1847 came over here. And y'all are like, I'm Greek. Like, what What actual learning have you done? Mm-hmm, exactly. What, what, like, please do some learning. Please do something before you try to speak as if you know everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I was just going to say, born, yeah, yeah you I were born Greek. Know all of Greece. Like, I don't know all of Greek history. I don't know a lot of things. And it's still like, I my first language was Greek. And I'm losing that language because I'm not near so many native speakers anymore. And that's like something that like saddens me to say. But like that doesn't make me any less Greek. So I'm not sitting here and saying, do you know how to speak Greek? Do you have you ever been in Greece? But like give me something else other than like a 1.4% Greek. Mm-hmm, exactly. Because people just look at like the like paper side right like the documents side and don't acknowledge that like their lived experience as it whether it be their cultural upbringing or lack thereof you know it's not just like it's not as empirical as they think they it is i think it's because like everyone's really saying like do you even have culture to white people and now white people are grasping at any white culture and trying to claim it as their own mm-hmm. there's this one tiktok of a white girl saying oh white people don't have culture and she does like a reel of like ancient greek paintings roman paintings greek, i like, saw that one and it's like you can't what are you doing what <laughs> like it's okay to just be united states white like just because i'm greek white doesn't mean i have this like hierarchy over you please stop thinking someone has a hierarchy this is how we got here in the first place yeah but again this comes back to my like thesis of like why people don't want to be white (sighs) like whiteness like are you from okay this is gonna be controversial (laughs) controversial reference do you know who azealia banks is She's a rapper. Uh, she's she goes. Uh, she she's very controversial. But she has this one quote r- where she said, "White people are running out of whiteness." And I think uh, the way I articulate, I, under- I the way I understand that is that, like people, white people, are barely learning the fact that like whiteness is not in fashion anymore i think it's more of the fact of white people are getting called on their shit okay and they think that claiming another identity is going to save them from something when in reality again intersections of life no one is safe from criticism no one is 100% the expert in anything, no matter how many, you know, like, we have to stop assuming that <laughs> your life is going to be saved if you're not white. Like, mm-hmm. just 
like, even if all white people suddenly become another fucking, like, oh, a European white, that doesn't absolve you from your sins. That doesn't absolve, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden you don't need to do the learning. Mm. Or that you didn't say what you said back then. It, and it doesn't mean that you can't learn. This is the whole thing. It's addressing and learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not a bad person for being white. You just have privilege. And privilege doesn't mean that your life wasn't hard. It just means that one thing wasn't the cause to your life being hard. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But for, for some people, that's going to... For some people, it takes like a lifetime to like learn that, you know? Honestly... If I was, I was raised very, um, what's the word for it? In a tight little box of Mm. whiteness, I guess. And not just because, like, I, like, the only thing I did was from my house to school and back home. And, like, I did not go to birthday parties. I did not go outside. Mm. So I was just raised with my family. And so, like, I didn't know about... I wouldn't know about intersections if I didn't go to journalism school. I wouldn't be able to talk about all of these things that I, like, have the privilege of talking about because I am white. Like, unless I did all of this learning from other people who put their time and literally energy into teaching us these things. Exactly. I don't know, like, we always expect the marginalized people to teach us things, but in reality, we can just do the learning ourselves or pay them. Reparations, this. Reparations. And just because we are giving black people money or indigenous people money does not mean that they don't deserve reparations from the government. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're not like, oh, I gave you your, your, my money. You're good now. No. Nope. Exactly, no, because if anything, the government should be the ones doing it more than us. But at the same time, any money to, to black people or in indigenous communities, give them. Like, that's the least we could do out of everything that's been done to them through history. But that's a good point. Like, everything you just said, like, I'm nodding my head, like, so hard. Like, yes. <laughs> just, let it, just let a breath out. Just, that was a lot. That was a lot. But that was good. That was good. And so now, like, rewinding down, now that we finished our pop-ups, and so now I'm just going to ask you, like, just, like, any last thoughts? Any any final words, like, to 2020 or, like, in general? Anything? Um, fuck 2020. Very blankly, fuck 2020. Um... To anyone who graduated, whether it was this semester or last semester, I'm so proud of you. You fucking did it. Um, Yeah, please let me know if y'all have any opinions, thoughts, questions about what I said uh, with my very white privilege. Um, Yeah, and it doesn't, just because, hello, just because... You are oppressed does not mean you cannot be the oppressor. Please understand that. It's okay if you admit you have thin privilege. It doesn't mean that you don't have eating disorder or body dysmorphia. It just means that society doesn't look at you eating a burger and say that you are promoting obesity to their children. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. What more needs to be said? Nothing. And so, yeah, I just want to say thank you for coming on, Karasa, because this was a long time coming, yes. and I feel, like, so grateful that it happened. And right before the year ended as well, which I cons- which I think is perfect timing, because as we said earlier, we both started college the same year, and then we finished it the same year and semester. So I just feel like it's, like, a perfect circle, you know? But it's yeah, never well, ending. It's an actually, like, great way to end, like, 2020 like I'm really glad I could have this talk with you even if I talked out of my ass for half of the time I'm very happy to be with you but I'm talking out of my ass my mouth every other hole like my belly button so yeah I agree I agree I'm very happy to have this conversation with you because like as we said I just felt like like we're, we're comrades you know we've been through like similar things through the same time period we both came up through journalism so I definitely agree with what you're saying. Very grateful for this conversation. And I cannot wait for all the future conversations we'll have in the future, podcast or not. Because I always feel like, Krasa, if I want to, like, s- stimulate my mind and just, just like, and just have a fucking good time, just shits and giggles, just hit up Krasa because she'll do that. She'll do that for you. Oh, that reminds me. Do you want me to... Uh, link like your Instagram in the bio or anything like want to me shout out anything mm. uh, yeah sure <laughs> Instagram cross Demetrius Shokis have fun spelling that people <laughs> I can link it in the episode description yeah okay because her Instagram is bomb is bomb but yeah just thanks again for coming on cross yeah. and until next time See you, everyone. Or, like, hear you, everyone. No, because you're hearing us. Oh, well, all right. You get it. Okay, bye now. Bye.